0: Hello and welcome to the tour back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show, joining you every morning 8am UK time, keeping you up to date with what's been going on in the world of Arsenal, trying to keep you in the loop about all of the latest Arsenal transfer news, match day news, injury news, everything under the sun that we can find and of course, often being helped out by you guys in the chat box cuz you keeping your eyes peeled as well and letting me know any stuff that's been missed and then of course we go in to the uh, Q&A session as always every single morning as well i hope you're doing good i hope you are well good morning in the chat box to Matt we got Mike we got Colin Safiso uh, Jacob joining us as well good to have you in the chat box Jacob good to have you in the show hopefully soon again i know that it's been a while since we've had you on Kevin, Chris, Carl, uh Leteral, uh Spicer Jr. Wow, what a name. Maybe it's Spitzer uh Junior. <laughs> Carl, uh social manu. We've got Amandeep, Justin uh Viwe, uh from South Africa. Uh we've got Pablo joining us, of course, Temi Mofala and uh Sisi Helvede uh in the chat, JD Aaron's Nico Temi. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, uh, we kick off by telling you to go and subscribe to The Arsenal Way. Plenty more content coming out for you guys if you finish these 8am shows and you're wondering, I'm not done with my Arsenal stuff and I want to talk about Arsenal a little bit more. You can do because we do a show an hour and a half after this one or an hour after this one at 9.30am UK time every single Monday to Friday as well. So you can make sure that you tune in over there as well in addition to all of today's goodness. But without further ado, let's crack on with our first story of the day. Now, our first story begins with following Balogun. Balogun, of course, scored last night in the 90th minute or 89th minute uh, but 90th sounds a lot better, doesn't it? Of Arsenal's under-23s, 3-2 victory over Blackburn when Arsenal went down to 10 men. Um, they went 2-0 up through Beereth and Amari Hutchinson, who scored a great goal. You could have actually watched this game if you wanted to over on Blackburn's website. Uh, after we went down to 10 men, we unfortunately conceded twice, but Balogun in the final moments of the game, snatching all three points for Arsenal, and actually, by looking at the PL two table and the under 23s uh, at the moment, seeing where Arsenal obviously finished, we just go to Google and go Arsenal's under 23 fixtures. We can have a look at where Arsenal sit still in the table, and is indeed at the top after 12 games played, 26 points. West Ham United's under 23s on 25. Man City's have had a bit of a bad run of recent, only won one of the last five. Games, which has opened the door for Arsenal-West Ham to open up a bit of a gap there on 21. Spurs under 23s are on 21 points as well. But Arsenal sitting top of the table. As fingers crossed, we hope to continue this fine run. What I would say is that we're following Balogun, likely to leave the club in January on loan. This could be uh, a little bit of a downturn. But as always, at the end of the month, we will be chatting with Kev, a.k.a. Next Generation Arsenal, a.k.a. Uh, our scouting indoors expert about um, uh, late, the latest update, of course, around the under-, under 23. So make sure that you are subscribed to get that content every single month, in addition to our monthly update on William Saliba as well. Our next story Pedri has ruined the dreams of Bekaya Saka and William Saliba as he took the uh, Golden Boy Award. Saka, of course, was one of the key favorites for the award, along with the likes of Jude Bellingham. But Pedri came out as the winner in the end and uh, and received his award rather gratefully. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted to see Saka picking up that trophy, but we have to say that Pedri has had an excellent year. He was very crucial and probably Spain's best player during the Euros. He has been Barcelona's kind of only real bright spark. What I would say um, is that interestingly, looking specifically at Saka's contribution this year. I think he's been absolutely brilliant and deserved to be really up there amongst the likes of Pedri. He's been so crucial to Arsenal. He was so good for England as well during uh, the European Championships. And so obviously uh, deserved to be up there. But Pedri taking the award away from both Saliba and Bukayo Saka to win it. And Jude Bellingham, I thought for my money was probably the favourite and is still for my money the best under-20s player on the planet right now moving then into the Renata Sanchez news he has been speaking uh, and talked out directly about Arsenal he says maybe Milan and Arsenal are interested but I don't know I spoke with my agent I know which clubs are calling me but I can't say right now which is interesting because he's just said maybe Milan and Arsenal but I know I'm ready if an offer comes in I'll find out what's best for me And uh, to be honest, I look at someone like Renato Sanchez again. I know we've talked about this a number of times, but I just cannot get on the back of this deal. I cannot support this kind of movement for Arsenal when you consider the fact that he has missed 71 games and he's only 24 years of age. That is far, far too many. He cannot consistently stay fit. And if Arsenal were going to invest a significant amount of money in him, it would not likely be repaid consistently because he's just far too injured. It's nothing to do with the guy's quality. I think he can be a really good player on one day, and who knows, could be a consistent performer, but we cannot we cannot categorically take this kind of risk on um on Renato Sanchez. It's as simple as that. It's easy to predict what I'm going to say about Renato Sanchez, but he keeps on being linked and so we keep on having to talk about him, but for me zero Zero chance that I would be looking to bring Renato Sanchez in whatsoever. Uh, Mohamed El Nini in our penultimate story of the day. His father has been speaking out about the possibility of him leaving the club and has had completely shot down any kind of hope whatsoever of that taking place. Arteta wants Mohamed to stay, he says. He might need him in the coming period, so he will remain until the end of the season. And I hope that he will end his career with Al Al. Alley. So if anyone was expecting Elneny to lead the club in January for a small fee, Galatasaray we heard and previously reported that were interested in him. That does not look like it will be taking place until at least the summer. It also could have an impact on whether Arsenal sign a central midfielder or not this January. This would mean that we would still have Elneny for the rest of the season. Depends what happens if Ainsley make the Niles. Samby Conga's here. Partey will be here. Xhaka will be returning from his injury, of course, we'll lose Partey and El during the AFCON. However, we will have them for more than just the three weeks of absence that they'll be away for three to four weeks. And I, if if I mean if he stays and if everyone else is staying, I'd be surprised if Arsenal go out and sign a central midfielder. I still think they should absolutely. If we want to double down and look to push towards a top four place, for my money, we need to be adding. A better central midfielder in, someone that can play alongside Thomas Partey, so that Sambi is not the best option that we have beyond Partey or beyond an injured Granite Xhaka. We need better in that area of the pitch. We are very light, especially during the African Cup of Nations. I would absolutely be accelerating any plans or at least for the short term be looking to bring someone into the team, whether it's like a Mark Rocker, for instance, who's got, you know, not being used to buy a Munich, bring him in with alone with an option to buy. So I maybe like a Hector Herrera, Atletico Madrid, someone along these lines that can just add some additional quality to the team um, and provide some additional cover, just so that we know we've got that additional level of quality there. Um And we're not really left short. It's really important that we don't leave ourselves short if we want to fight for that top four place at the end of the season. And lastly, uh, a player's name who hasn't really cropped up too often for Arsenal but has been linked in the past and and according to Italian media is yet again linked with a move to the club is Domenico Berardi with Italian media claiming that the magic number, the number that we will forever describe now as the TGT number, 25 million pounds is what reportedly Domenico Berardi would cost. Um I for one would be very very surprised to see Domenico Berardi sign for Arsenal. Um I don't see him leaving Italy to be honest. I would see him moving to more likely Juventus who I think have a, already their association with the player and Sassuolo he could move somewhere else. It's not it's not very typical to see Domenico Berardi uh, move, uh, or Italian players in, in particular, move away from Italy. It's very rare that that happens. I don't expect this to take place. I don't think you'll sign for Arsenal. But that £25 million figure keeps on cropping up. And so therefore, always, 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 after this whole Pepe story, wingers and £25 million, it's an easy story. Take it with a grain of salt. That is all I'm going to say on the matter. As you can probably tell, the voice is already starting to go. So we better get on to questions before I lose the ability to speak once again. So if you do indeed have a question that you'd like to throw into the chat box, I will endeavor as much as feasibly possible and uh, and try and go through as many of those as I can. Uh, I'm just gonna take a quick sip of water and then we'll be back with your question. Okay, let's go through your questions uh, in the chat box. I've realized that I could do these little breaks in between sections and it gives me a chance to refresh myself. <laughs> Thank goodness. Let's go for SK, uh, who says, what type of striker do you think will work with Arteta's system? As it's clear, a world-class striker is not working in a Bamiang and Lacazette. Look, I think we know we need to bring in someone that adds a little bit more variation to the team. At Dusan Vlaovic, I spoke about this, I wrote about this last night, there is a necessity, in my view, to look to bring in something different. We also need to start convincing strikers that aren't particularly keen, as we hear reportedly that Dusan Vlaovic is not, on the project that Arsenal are currently working towards, that it is indeed the right place for them to move to. And I just think that if we can add someone that can add some physicality, add someone that can add some... Link-up play, someone that's going to drop in, someone that's not going to become an isolated figure. If we can't get the ball up to them, that's what we need. I know that we hate talking about Spurs, but Harry Kane, in the way in which he's kind of adapted his game to be more of a kind of a link-up player, I don't, I'm not talking about getting Harry Kane, but just someone that can do that job very, very well. Someone that can drop in, that can link up the play, bring in the wide areas, that when we go to places like City and Liverpool and Stanford Bridge, that our striker isn't entirely isolated and they get involved With the build up, I know that we really, um, I know that we have an issue with, um, I know that we have an issue with uh, the, what is it, Um, Lacazette's contracts and the the, the kind of thing about Lacazette being a player that can drop in. But the problem for me um, is that I'm just not sure if giving him, say, an extension for another year gives you the quality that we're going to need to push towards our targets of top four. I'm not sure that Lacazette alone is going to be there. If you said to me that we were going to give Lacazette an, an extra year, Abamyang was going to be sold and we were going to move for someone else. I'd be okay with that. But Lacazette's probably going to go. Abamyang's going to be here next season with the last year of his contract. And what likely, the likelihood is we're going to bring someone in. And I'd like to see us bring in someone that is an investment, that we're going to move forwards for the next five or so years. And is going to improve us. That's, what I want to see at the end of the day. Uh, let's go to my father says, these hellos We really broke. T- what have I done, Mo? I don't know what I, I don't see anyone else complaining. I hope all the audio is okay. Do let me know if there's any issues with your streams. Um, King says, do you think uh, it is good to keep on any, or should we try to sell in January and try and get a better option? King, the, the obvious answer is always going to be to try and sell and get someone better. The, the reality is that may not be possible. And because of that, we may end up keeping him. But in my view, Arsenal should be doing everything they can to upgrade the squad as soon as they can. So that would involve selling him and moving for someone else. Um, Kevin says, if we can finish in the top four and with the pull of Martin Odegaard, would it be feasible to lure Holland to Arsenal? I would be very, very surprised if Arsenal were able to ever... Bring in Erling Haaland. When you look at the amount of money that is reportedly on the table or wanting to be on the table, we're looking at something like £500,000 a week. Mina Rayola is looking to try and bring in to the player. I don't see that as a reality. I don't see that happening. I don't think you'll see that happen. It seems ridiculous. Does he want Champions League football? Yes. Would he like to play Vertigo Possibly. I don't see it happening, though. It's just not a realistic thing, really uh let's go on to uh manu says have you heard about a team called antwerp they signed a favorite player from the belgium under 17 scores duomo uh got a bit of pogba about him worth checking out antwerp in the europa league yes i do know antwerp they beat spurs of course i think thomas marlin uh previously played for them as well did he not um so uh i yes i've heard of them and i don't know the player manu but i know you're a bit much bigger expert than me on Belgian football. Uh, Wilson says, do Arsenal need a striker in January of the summer? Look, I think we need to accelerate our plans for a striker until towards the the January window. It's become very, very clear that Mikel Arteta gets the best from players that he's signed, players that he has signed and brought in himself. You look at how much we've improved defensively, and you look how many players we've invested in in that area. You look at the forward line, where we're really kind of struggling to create and score goals, He hasn't been the one to sign the players that are currently in our attacking setter. Aubameyang Lacazette, not his. Saka Smith-Rowe, Haaland graduates. It's, for my money, and obviously I'm not saying that we should move on Saka and Smith-Rowe, but the striking situation is certainly one that I think that if he had the striker that he wanted, we'd be better. Is that a defensive Arteta? No, it's not, because a manager should still be able to get the best from the players that he's got. Look at the job that Thomas Tuchel has done at Chelsea and winning the Champions League with the players there. Didn't sign players to do that. He won the Champions League with the players that were already there. So I think that you look at someone like Arteta that clearly needs more of his own players in the squad for now. He's an inexperienced coach. This is what he needs. I would be surprised if we did move for a striker in January. I do feel like it's something that we're going to do in the summer. But for my money, I think that Arteta is the kind of coach that needs more of his own players in the first eleven to see the absolute potential of him as a manager. Um, Harry says, what are your thoughts on Jonathan David? I know the two preferred options seem to be Izak and Vlaovic, but I think he would be a fantastic option. I do need to watch a bit more of Jonathan David. I do like watching a bit of North American football anyway, and with the Canadian Super League I discussed previously, it's seeing a, a definite improvement of Canadian talents, Alphonso Davis, Theo Corbinou at Wolves is on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, doing very well. Uh, and Jonathan David, of course, at Lille. Look, I need to see more of him. He is playing in a system with Barack Yilmaz and has done so. Is that a system that will work at Arsenal? Is he someone that could play on his own? Not so sure. Maybe something that we would have to find out. Is it a risk? Absolutely. He's still young. He's playing in the French League, which I have all the respect in the world for the French League and for the talent that it produces. But we have seen quite a few attacking players come from Liga recently. Nicolas Pepe, of course. You think back to the likes of Florian Tovan, who went to Newcastle. Now that I'm spreading apart, lots of very different options. Um, But I would be wary about it. Defensive players and midfielders, I'm less wary about because I think the physicality of Liga breeds some really good defensive players and really good midfield players. Attacking wise, I have a few more questions, however. uh, And. That's that's kind of one of the issues that I've got right now. But maybe I'm being a little bit naive and a little bit dismissive and maybe I should be less so. So there you go. Um, let's go to Adapo. It says, Tuka will not win anything with the squad Arteta picked up at Arsenal. So that comparison isn't fair. I mean, that what you're saying is a statement with no evidence. We don't know is the answer to that. He went to Dortmund. He won trophy at Dortmund. He went to PSG. He won the League of PSG, which I know we look at as not the most amazing of of achievements. But he's gone to Chelsea. And of course, he's been able to win the Champions League with a Chelsea side who, to be honest, I don't think anyone had Chelsea nailed down as a Champions League winner last season. You can't discredit that achievement that Tuchel had at Chelsea because you look at what Frank Lampard was doing... And you would say that, well, I didn't look at that Chelsea side and Lampard as a side that could win the Champions League. Tuchel comes in and wins the Champions League with them. So you're right. He may not be able to win the Champions League with Arsenal, but he's still a very good coach, Thomas Tuchel, and would probably improve Arsenal had he have taken over at the same time. So I think the comparison is fair because they're both managers that are working on the continent. They're both managers, or rather, you know, within Europe. Um, they're both managers that have got different levels of experience, that have done different things with the teams um, that they've got. He also went to the Champions League final with PSG, if you remember, and lost to a very, very good uh, Bayern Munich side. So you can't really discredit Tuchel's work. What I would say is Tuchel doesn't tend to stay in the same place for very long. It's more of a short-term manager, but... Still can't discredit what he's done. He's done very, very well. Um, Constantine says, what about Kessier as a partner to Partey? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would take Kessier at Arsenal. No, sh- no questions asked. Um, Never sign anyone with the first name TH14 aside, says Gar. Uh, Javier says, Tuchel is a tactician. Arteta is a... F- I don't think we know what Arteta is, Javier. To be honest, I still think it's very much too early to specialise him as a manager right now. Manu says, what role would you give Gabby this season? And do you think we as fans rate him more than Arteta does? Um, It's tough because, look, Gabby's a very, very talented young player. He's not getting into the Arsenal team right now. He doesn't get in over Smith-Rowe. He doesn't get in and over Aubameyang. He doesn't get in over Saka. People want to throw him in because he's something different. But in all honesty, the chances that he's been given this season, he's not taken. He's not looked too great in the performances that he's had so far. It's, it's a case of a change for the sake of change, and I'm not sure I'm in favour of that. I would be critical of the amount of minutes that he's being given from the bench. I think he should be given more opportunities as a substitute, but I wouldn't be starting him. I think increase the number of minutes he's getting from the bench, playing more often and more for longer from the bench, but I wouldn't be starting him, to be honest. Uh, Jacob, would Mark Rocco improve the team? I'm not sure he would improve the overall quality of, say... A parte or a Xhaka, but what I do think he would improve is the overall quality of the depth in the side. He's better than El Neni. It would be interesting to see how he competes with an Ainsley Mate the Niles because obviously it's been a while since he's played regular football. But he was playing very well for Espanyol before he moved to Bayern Munich. I think if we got that, if we got the Mark Rocker that was performing like he was at Espanyol, you got a player that's better than Ainsley Mate the Niles. Could it be a good cover for six months? Probably. He could probably give us something in those six months. We would have to wait and see. So I think that's probably fair. Uh, Zander says, why are we so bad at throw-ins, like throwing balls at statues? I've not really noticed that, Zander. I'm going to have to have a bit of a look out how bad we are at throw-ins. We've got a set-piece specialist. Maybe he needs to bring in a throw-in specialist. I know that Liverpool wants or still have a throw-in specialist. Maybe it's something that we need to look into for the rest of the season. Now, Javier says, Gabby Martinelli is not an Arteta player. Will be sold down the line. Neither Saka, neither Smith-Rowe. But he's putting them in the team and using them. I think it's a lazy argument. SK says, Gabby should go on loan and keep Eddie and Nketiah. Look, Nketiah's got six months on his deal. He's not He's not going to be, you know, uh, he's not going to be kept. He's not going to be convinced of signing a new deal. I would sell Nketiah, but the problem with that is that we probably have to bring in a striker because Balogun also needs a loan. Martinelli... You can argue he needs a loan. I don't think he's going to be given the chance to go on loan. I think he's looked at as too important in terms of his versatility in the forward line to be afforded a loan away from the club. I think he will be kept. So, Eddie will likely stay. I think Balogun will leave on loan. And I think Martinelli will stay. Unless we bring in a striker, in which case that Eddie and Ketia may be sold. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Manu says, I know it's early in the season, but Sabitzer and Up and Meccano are not looking good so far, are they? I've not watched enough of Bayern to comment, Manu, I'm afraid. Uh, Dapo says, Tuku is an elite manager without a doubt. However, Arteta is an inexperienced manager that picked up a terrible group of players. Comparing Arteta to this group of managers isn't fair. I, again, disagree, because you have to be measured on merit. You have to be measured on your decision-making. Inexperience is a reason as to why a coach makes mistakes. It does not, however, excuse mistakes that happen. Arteta's in-game management is rudimentary at this point. It is poor. It is so poor that we cannot turn games around. When we go behind, we have an awful record of gaining points back. And that is to do with his in-game management. It's to do with his substitution tactics. Setting up the team, he's much better at. And I haven't got too much of an issue with that sort of things. But... Arteta, when I'm very critical of Arteta, is it's in-game management that has cost us. So it is fair to compare him to managers because Chelsea are a team that we want to be at. We want to try and reach that level. We're not at that level. But you still have to look at the job that managers have done with the resources that they have. Arsenal have the fifth best squad in the league and in my view still had one of the best squads in the league last season. Maybe not the fifth, but certainly not the eighth best squad in the league, and that's where we finished. So you have to be critical of that. You We have a better squad than Villarreal, and we went out to Unai Emery in the semifinals of the Europa League. But we have to be grounded. You have to be balanced with your view. You cannot skew more one way or the other. You can't have an agenda with this situation. You have to look at the positives and the negatives and find your balance view. Right now, I'm very much on the fence with Arteta, and have been since probably... Norwich, not Norwich. I've probably been on the fence since the North London Derby. I was very much on the side of I don't think he's the right man for the job after Villarreal up until the North London Derby. The North London Derby put me on the fence and thought, okay, look, I've seen some good things. We've got I had a really good game there, a really good 45 minutes in particular. We weren't able to build on that with the draws against Norwich, uh, with the draws against, sorry, Brighton and Crystal Palace. But then we went on this really good run of beating some sides like Leicester, beating Aston Villa. And, of course, then we go up against Liverpool and we have a good 35 to 40 minutes at the start. And then the young kids' heads just went after we conceded and the in-game management of that game was not good. So, I think there are still positives, negatives, but not enough for either side to me to categorically say yes or no on Arteta. But to say that you can't compare him to Tuchel is not a fair um, position to be in when criticizing a manager. All managers can be compared. You can compare any manager and look at the individual decision making of those managers without taking into account the resources available to them. Pep Guardiola gets overcritical or overcriticized because of the amount of money that he spends. When he went to Barcelona's B team and won the league with their youth team, which Prior to that, I don't think had happened before. He then went back to Barcelona. Yes, spent some money on players, but he brought through lots of really good players that he developed in the Barcelona B team. You look at Zinedine Zidane, did really well with Real Castilla, went to Real Madrid in experiences as a senior manager and won them the Champions League, won them La Liga when Barcelona was still dominating under U- Llewellyn Enrique. And so... You can compare managers at different clubs, despite their different situations, as long as you focus on the individual decision-making processes and, you know, apply the context of the players available to them. Um, Javier says, ESR and Saka are possible surplus requirements. Club doing the right thing, protecting the valued assets, can be sold for funds if an offer comes in. Um, Look, I always say that you need to be ruthless with a squad. If there's the opportunity to have a player that knocks Smithrow out of the starting lineup because it improves the team and puts us closer towards our ambitions, you do that because you have to put the club first. No player is bigger than the club. But at the moment, Smithrow and Saka are our best options at right and left wing. And so therefore, both should be starting for Arsenal. If you said to me that we can go out and sign someone that's better than either of those two players, then start them. I think if you go out and sign a left winger, you can start moving Smith Rowe back into more of a central area. But you have to be ruthless with your squad building. You cannot be so set on one player. I've done that in the past. I've been really set on saying, no, we shouldn't block the path of so-and-so. People are going to start doing it with Charlie Patino. No, we shouldn't sign a central midfielder because what about Charlie Patino? What's going to happen to him? If there's the chance to sign a player that takes us closer towards our target, you must do it. You have to be ruthless with the squad it's part and parcel of what building a successful title challenging champions league established side is. It's just, you just have to do it. Unfortunately, um, James Rowe. Oh, I can feel the voice. It's going, it's gradually going. We're going to have to go soon. James Rowe says, uh, do we have any stats on how often Parte has completed 90 minutes? He seems to lack the stamina to complete 90 minutes. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you the only way that I could do that. Is by going on to transfer marked and looking at the amount of times. He's played 90 minutes in an Arsenal shirt. Uh, this season, we know, I mean, he's suffered with injuries since he's he's come into the team. We know that if we got the chance to take him off, why not? So of the Premier League games that he's played so far this season, which is eight, he's played one, two, three, four. uh, of those throughout the 90 minutes of those games. So 50% of the game so far. He came off in the 81st minute against Crystal Palace, the 84th minute against Liverpool. So it's only, I mean, it's only just off 10 minutes um, that he wasn't able to do that. If we look back to last season 2020 2021, uh, he played 24 Premier League games. And of those 24 Premier League games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 of 24 games were played um through that full 90 minutes. Um others he was taken off at of half time, half time against Spurs and Villa, uh, after 21 minutes against Crystal. He only played 21 minutes against Crystal Palace, 67 minutes against Newcastle, 78 against Southampton, 75 against Wolves, 74 against Villa. Um came on for the last 24 minutes against Leicester. I or I think maybe he maybe have got injured in that game actually, I can't remember, but look He's a player that we need to protect, clearly. Um, he's very good. He's our best midfielder. He's arguably, when he's you know, on form, our best player. So without a shadow of a doubt, we need to protect him. I had no issue with him uh, being taken off against Liverpool. The game had gone. Protect him. Use him against Newcastle. I-, I thought it was strange to see criticism of him taking off uh, Partey in that moment because, look, the game had gone. Let's protect him. Let's use him in the next one. It's as simple as that for me. Uh, Mohamed says, Arteta won trophies for Arsenal already, but to be honest, the quality of Chelsea's squad that Tuchel got and the squad Arteta inherited are on different levels. They are on different levels. They are absolutely on different levels. And Arteta winning that trophy was a brilliant, brilliant achievement. Um, but, it, but it still doesn't mean that because Tuchel's got a better squad that you can't analyse his decision-making, you can't analyse how he won the Champions League beating Manchester City, beating Real Madrid, beating Atletico Madrid. You can't look at those and just dismiss it because he's got a decent side. He still has to do it. Time and time again, PSG have failed. Time and time again, Manchester City have failed. Time and time again, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich have not been able to get past teams they shouldn't because of the decision-making of the manager. And even Tuchel in the Champions League final for PSG against Bayern, was only beaten by Bayern as the better side. Tuchel is a good manager, period. There is nothing you can turn around and say that Tuchel is a bad manager. He's not. He's clearly very, very good. You can compare him to any other manager that you like because he's earned that right through the decision-making processes that have earned him the trophies that he has won. It's such a strange position to say that you can't compare two managers because they have different squads. Because you can analyse their decisions. You can analyse their decisions in the market on the field, off the field, how they manage player situations, how they manage player relationships, how they manage the culture of the club, how they generate a philosophy, how they manage their tactics, their substitutions. You can look at all those individual decisions to compare managers. You can do it. Arteta has made plenty of mistakes, but he's also done plenty of good things as well, which is why I'm still very much on the fence about that. So there you go. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. As I say, I'll be live in an hour's time over on the Aston Way. Link is in the description if you would like to join us. Um, do drop a like on today's video. Do subscribe to the Gunner Talk if you haven't done so already. There'll be plenty more content coming out for you in a bit. Looking forward to watching Arsene Wenger's documentary if you haven't seen it already. Uh, do Uh, I think you can now get it on digital download if you haven't already seen it Uh, let me know if you like a review or sort of the show talking about it uh, because that's certainly what I'd be up for doing Um, but yeah do let me know if that's something you'd be interested in I will see you if not this evening on the Arsenal way in an hour's time and if not then tomorrow morning 8am as always have a fantastic day see you soon and as always up the Arsenal